Good morning. <laughs> Welcome to your daily game face. I'm Dr. Kim Landon. I'm having a good laugh this morning. Yeah. With Lou. Yeah. Lou Blassie. I'm laughing at myself. You what? I'm laughing at myself. The reason why I'm laughing is because this morning I came in and I just told Lou I wanted to give him a big hug and hold him really <laughs> tight, which I didn't, and just go, no, because Lou is very good at holding off on Facebook and social media for I commenting on things. I, I wasn't, but I have been. I know. Well, but I'm trying, I'm trying to set the scene here. Yep. Just let me set the scene. Well, it's part of the scene. Just let me set the scene. <laughs> So, sure. so Lou tends to not say much online, but he's there. And occasionally you'll put, you'll, you'll drop a little blop. Yeah. That's what I call it, a little blop. Sure. And it's not, it's usually pretty innocuous and it's like, whatever. Well, yesterday. I was triggered. Our friend post, <laughs> our friend who also has a show on things yes. posted up a post. <laughs> yes. And posted up a post. There's an oxymoron. Um, and it got a lot of feedback mm -hmm. and I only looked at it because I saw Lou's name pop up on the feed and I'm like, Hmm, this should be interesting. And Lou, not only did Lou respond, but you have to, where it says more and you have to click to oh, God, the yes. novel. God, yes. <laughs> and it was regarding guns and gun rights and constitution. And it was in response to another woman's post. Mm -hmm. And, and then who denied the firestorm the, began and <laughs> who denied the ability to secure our schools. I, I just am not anyway. <laughs> I know. I understand. <laughs> but anyway, so I, I, um, so Lou and I, before the show, we're having a, a very quick debate, not heated even, but no. you know, joking around yeah. fun about, the, so Plus, you I can have the semantics of the this. words, the yeah. semantics of the words of how one would talk about the Constitution and how one would talk about moral ethical code okay. and decisions and rights. See, and, you just <laughs> ran into a problem because there are no semantics with the Constitution. There, it's right there. I, okay, it's so in black and white. And parchment. We just turned around and pointed to the Constitution of the United States hanging behind his whole body on his wall. That's right. I understand that. But. We're not going to talk about it <laughs> because then Fair enough. Fair enough. we'll have another mental health issue Fair enough. in yep. the room. Yep. Um, anyway, so good morning to everyone. Oh, we've got lots of people saying hello. Good morning to Joe and oh Kate. My God, and, yeah, ooh, I... um, oh, and Kate has lots to say already about guns. So we will not be <laughs> going there. Um, well, we could, but then it will turn into something that yep. we don't want today. So um but Kate now will go on because Kate's going to be a lawyer and Kate's going to. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, Kate wants to be a lawyer, so she's going to. So I assume she's read the Constitution. So she's going to. At some point. This or all, is going to at some her point. favorite food for, yeah. for fodder. She would love to like. Yeah. Talk about it. But we're not going to do that. Anyway. So how are you? I'm OK. <laughs> Did you recover from your social media? Oh, yeah. Actually, I was OK. I was kind of OK with it. It's, okay. it's like, you know. When things build up, you have to have you have to have a release, and that was a release, and I felt it was fairly innocuous, and I was, it was. I was controlled. Oh yeah, it, it was fine. It's just that it, you know that whole post was just a big. It was a. It was a very large light up for sure. It was a catharsis. It was a. It was, and you were very professional about it. I try to be. I was still wanted to give you that big hug and go no. Well, I used to do this for a living because you so. engaged. I was surprised. That's why I was surprised. Yeah. I'm like, oh my god, you engaged the, you engaged the issue. Well, I it's I tried not to for a long time because it's counterproductive. Yeah. It's personally counterproductive. 
That's why often when I get mad at something I see online, I start to type something and I delete, 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 delete. Because there was actually. You know what the funny part about that is? I wrote that whole thing and you know it was lengthy. And I almost didn't post it because I have done that several times. And sometimes just the writing it out is enough of a release. Well, And I strongly I strongly debated whether to actually post the thing after. So I, I, I tend to. So I, I've done the same thing, but not posted. So I actually over the weekend, this wonderful, very empowered woman that I know who who is a trendsetter in her sport. And I won't name her out for right now. She had posted up something that was really great to help support another woman who's coming up through this sport and whatever. And, um, and jokingly, I thought, and most of us who were reading both men and women were reading this post. And this is kind of sort of to the topic today for mental health <laughs> is that this person, it wasn't um, Leah Thomas. I take it. When what? I, I take it. It's not Leah Thomas who we're talking no. about. Yeah. So this person, this person responded to the post and the post itself was about, the, the woman was being essentially held down by the men that were in her team area, essentially from allowing her to progress. And they were putting a, a ceiling over her essentially. And, and it was in a very awful way. Okay. Let's just put it that way. Yep. And so people were, you know, she just put it out there to say, you know, help support her, give her positive feedback, blah, blah, blah. And then all of a sudden up pops in the melee of like lots of posts, to it that we're both females and males talking about things in nice ways, whatever. This man pops up and writes this huge paragraph, half the size of yours, that I thought was joking, sort of. It was I thought it was sarcastic. There's no way someone could write something like this. It was all about like, well, women should know their place. Women should be in the kitchen. Oh. Women, and it was this very long thing. Really? And and uh, oh, actually. I have to say it was in response to what I posted on the post. So that's what yeah, came okay. from. I'm sorry. Yep. I had written something that was really innocuous about like to the girl, to this girl, like saying like empowered women, yep. move mountains, keep going, keep moving forward. It was really like just plain yep. and simple. He got fired up by my posting that for whatever reason, there was nothing like, you know. So this was to the point where you thought it was sarcasm. And so I thought he was being sarcastic because yeah. he did a little smile emoji on my thing. And then he wrote this thing, but it wasn't to me. It was just yeah. right underneath it. And then I realized because the woman who owned the post itself railed on him and was the, and screenshotted her text back and forth between him. And it was bad. And he was actually serious. Wow. And it was I, you know, I, it doesn't surprise me, but it always surprises me when people still have that very, he's a younger man too, like in his thirties, probably like middle thirties, yeah. he has this very specific view that, you know, well, she shouldn't expect that she should be able to do all these things because she really should know her place. Wow. And it was, it was quite something. And it, there was no way to not look at it and think that's a joke, yeah. but oh, it was not a joke. So I went to type something after that. And then that's when I did delete, yeah. delete, delete, delete. And well, then she, she blocked him from her life and, and showed everyone on like hundreds of people that she blocked him and showed what he said to her on the backside and text. It was awful. I'm like, okay, this is like, this is what I'm talking about. Mental yeah. health issues coming out. People are upset yeah. about things. And now this wasn't even about guns and, and, and the yeah. topics of abortion we were talking about. This is just people spewing and not thinking about compassion and kindness and love and uh this like, is I just uh, like posting about cats. There's a there's a principle where you can only discuss with people things on the level at which they're 
able to accept it. Right. And that's what stops me from posting a lot of the time. So the two people that I posted to, the two responses in that thread, because yes. I went back uh, for another response to my response, should be complimented because I'm just assuming they can have a discussion about it like we had a discussion yeah. about it before the show. Right. And it's, I don't know. And the other principle I'm adhering to more and more as I go through my life is not every thought has to be expressed. Right. Well, that's, and that was to the point. And of that like, guy can believe whatever worth, the hell he wants. It's not worth the mental... Yeah gymnastics to do that because is it really going to make a difference and what is what is the goal here no that guy can have that thought i don't care as long as he's not acting on it and causing problems for people otherwise my guess is he's acting on it yeah but if he just problems. has that thought it was like it was like the guy with you know the guy from the duck commander the guy from what the guy from duck commander oh yeah all things considered i'd, I'd rather have a woman right perfectly acceptable thought read the room Right. You know, you don't have to express every thought. This guy doesn't have to express every thought. So right. You, you can believe whatever twisted thing you believe as long as you're not hurting other people. You know, but have I fun. That... But you don't have to express every thought. That's uh, People are sometimes obsessed with expressing every little thing that comes through the head. Well, right. And I think a lot of that is for the, so it's, so the, you know, keeping it to that mental health issue, not that it's a mental health issue for most people, but there's a, there's a sense of, you know, one would call them trolling, but another would be that it's just being a provocateur. Like I want to say something for the shock and awe of it to see if I can get, get people going. And then there's people who just firmly, just impulsively without filter, just say whatever yeah. comes to mind and just, they say it under the guise too, that, well, <laughs> here we go into the amendment, free speech. I can say whatever I want. I have that feeling. It's like, yeah, but there should be a filter sometimes because you don't know your audience. And why would you do that if you're going to hurt somebody? Like what is, what it, it's not necessary. Hence well, they delete, 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 delete. Just of note, because this is an important thing right now. Free speech only protects you from repercussions of the government. It doesn't right. protect you from consequences of your speech. Exactly. And I think yeah. people forget that that piece. <laughs> we went back with, this goes back to the players kneeling in the NFL. Right. You can say whatever you want without the government repressing. People can dispute you. You know. Right. right. It, it doesn't say people have to shut up about it. Right. Right. There are consequences well, for your speech. And he, and here's the interesting thing. And in, in, so not one from of the, the government though. One of the one of the important things in doing your own personal self help work is is advocating for yourself. So. You know, one of my things is I encourage people because so many times that people have anxiety and depression and mood disorders and things like that, they don't speak up for themselves. They don't advocate for themselves right. and they don't feel that they can put things out there because they fear consequence, the judgment of others, the, you know, right. whatever that is, you know, for the person, usually it's the, someone's going to think something bad of me, so I'm not going to say it, or I won't be perfect enough and it's going to be wrong, or I don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. So in in this in the for the sake of advocating for yourself i think that's one thing if it's about advocating for you it's but if you're putting out your you're throwing out your opinion and it's in a harmful way and it's to put down someone else or to have those pieces to be you know it's it, for lack of better things it's it's controlling it's maneuvering yeah. it's all those things it really but doesn't let's, have a place. And I'm not talking in, about the gun issue from yesterday. Yeah. I'm talking about just in general. Let's drill into this guy's response. Because first of all, he had to know he lives in a society. Right. He had to know that that is not the temperature of the room. Right. So you're going to invite response. Right. Secondly, my impression of the threat, as you put it out, was pro-women empowerment. Right. 
right? Right. So he went specifically there, right, where it's even less acceptable, right, to make those comments, right. And he went right on top of my response yeah. that was very empowering. So he was looking for a fight. Yeah. I, and no we, one was giving it to him. Yeah. And now we can. Well, she, the woman who posted the whole thing gave it to him, but there that, plenty was, that of, was not my fight. Yeah. There are plenty of guesses of why. Right. But he was looking, there's no other conclusion. He was looking right. for a fight. Right. Because first of all, unlike, um, unlike in my situation where we're debating, um, we're debating policy that right. is going to change things profoundly going forward. Oh, hopefully. Well, so, so this was just a discussion discussion about empowering women. There's nothing. There's no threat. Like to one's him. an opinion versus one's like about, po like, po like you said, policy. It's more about like something intellectual, like that you can have. It's it's that age old like, you know, theoretically, right? Like, which is which comes first? Which is the right way to think about it? You know, it's it's you can it's it's circular. It keeps going and going and going. So that you're always having the ethical debate, the moral debate. It's how we grow and learn and change so that we can listen to each other, whatever. But when you have just a blopped out opinion about something that has, um, I want to just say, it's just, it's mean spirited, just to just be yeah. mean. It's not, it's not being discussed. It's not discussion. And that, that post for empowering women that this woman had put up had nothing to do with what he said. It was, he, yeah. his post was just to be awful. And was no threat to him or anybody. Right. It was, yeah. It was encouraging. Yeah. Yeah. And he he got no support. He got no support. He yeah. did get ripped apart. And by men too. I was but But he, where see this is where are you in your life? Where are you in your day that you have to go seek this out? Right. Right? That this is a necessary component of your your mental well being, your self image. Right. right. Yeah. Well, that's why I say like, you know, I'm very, I tell like the teenagers I see, be very careful what you post on social media because it follows you, you know, like that rainbows and puppy dogs and kitties and, and nice quotes and they keep it like that instead of all the other, yeah. <laughs> this is stuff when it becomes political debates. And even I have a listener who asked me this morning and said, can you, I, I refuse Facebook. Can you move it to a different <laughs> live streaming? Um, I haven't responded back to him, but hey, to you out there that I know you're listening after this. Um, but he, because he's can like, do that. I do, huh? We can do that. Yeah. Because he's like, yeah. I want, I, I want to listen live, but I don't want to be on Facebook. Um, yeah. Because he, 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 like many people, don't like to get on to the food for fodder kind of thing. And I have a whole bunch of friends that have jumped off Facebook this year just because they didn't want to be involved in seeing, not because they participate. They didn't want to see all the stuff. I don't have any of that stuff usually come into my feed. So these are these anomalies yeah. on the board that, because like I said, I truly post about rainbows and puppies. You see my posts. <laughs> yeah. A I, healthier approach though, is to control what you're viewing. You can use Facebook without getting involved right. in this stuff. Right. 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 Oh, See, Kate just said people post things sometimes, honestly, to just disagree with people and cause things. Yes. Yes, exactly. And that's and I think that that's why it is such a negative environment for so many people. But well, that's where people social that's media where mental is, health issues yeah. go. And that's where I mean, if we talk about so switching over to Yavaldi, not by the way, Johnny Depp and Amber Heard the trials trials still going on because they're trying to find a verdict. But yeah. jumping to Yavaldi, not about guns. But about just the fact that that kid had been posting on social media lots of stuff. And my first thought when I finally saw what he'd been posting and they showed like how long it had been going on. The diffusion of responsibility and people getting so used to seeing 
stuff like mm -hmm. that. Yep. It didn't really alert people. It did, but it didn't. It was just so, you know, it was right in front of everyone and right. nobody did anything with it in that, but they were aware of it. So that's just amazing to me. I can't even see what she's writing, <laughs> but I know she's very active today. People with mental health issues go on Facebook or other places to put things to get away from them in their own headspace. Yeah. Wow. Kate, by the way, Kate's in school right now. So she's <laughs> supposed to be learning, but apparently, <laughs> yes, Kate, you are correct. Kate could come on the show. Um, so we're really interacting with her but today. She's a so so she's, she's a social um, uh, media guru -y kind of person. Like she follows everything. She's on yeah. every channel and she sees it all so she's really good at actually probably knowing a lot of what goes on because she sees all the negative stuff and facebook she's in her team. twitter instagram all of it is an extremely negative environment you have to learn Can be. is no it is yes. you have to learn how to deal with you have to it. well that's right yeah. so you have to learn how to manage it like i learned how to circumvent all that stuff like yeah. i don't get any of that stuff in my feed i don't get it i mean that one post is just because somebody in my friend group posted something empowering and then it turned into something yeah. negative and then you you can decide to turn your head away from it which is fine but uh, i think a healthier approach is learn how to learn how to determine how it lands for you or you can go on facebook and ignore the negative stuff right yeah which is what i try to do i don't i don't know why i got sucked into this <laughs> particular discussion <laughs> except it was a friend's post that i agreed with and then somehow i got into the comments and well i, I don't know i so think it was stay off facebook no, you know I, what's easier? No, Instagram. I've been good Instagram's at controlling easier, myself. I am on Instagram, but it, and I like it much more. People people don't post the yeah. same kind of way in Instagram. It's much cleaner. I know, but that's a more subtle, more insidious uh, mental health threat. It's it's Instagram. just different. It pulls yeah. for different types of yeah. posts and different types of people. Um, but so he, here's the thing, mental health wise is so Albert Bandura. I'm gonna get all theoretical and. Good. intellectual now great so bandura he's a he's a social observation social observational learning psychologist essentially like that's he did all of his research he really, reads the room uh, he reads the room right <laughs> yeah and he you know one of the things is way before the advent of social media and internet and even like a cell phone <clears throat> he had done tons of research on the phenomenon of when video games like Atari and yeah. when like Tom and Jerry, remember back when Tom and Jerry first came out, Tom Loved and Jerry, Tom the cartoon Jerry. was a yep. big deal because back in the seventies, for all of you young people out there, back in the 1970s, Tom and Jerry made a big stir along with a couple other cartoons like uh, Bugs Bunny and Wiley Coyote and, and Love Wiley Coyote because yeah. they were saying there was, we had like a little influx and I, of course I was little at the time, but I remember it specifically. And of course, studying in psychology, we had an influx of children hurting their siblings or doing other things because they'd been watching, so to speak. This is what the theory was. They'd been watching. Here goes my voice. Yep. <clears throat> they'd been watching these cartoons and, you know, like so they're Tom hitting each would, other with you know, frying pans. Jerry would hit them over the head with a frying pan. The <laughs> end would fall on somebody's yep. head. Yep. The roadrunner would outrun, you know, blah, blah, blah. And something bad would happen. They get hit and then they come back to life. And then they had a couple, I, I want to say there were two incidences that I can remember specifically growing up that they were related to. Well, Bandura did a lot of research around does watching these cartoons or does watching violent video games at the time, which, you know, was like Space Invaders and all that kind of stuff, yeah. like nothing like it is right. now, like Call of Duty, oh my God, you know, um, it, and found that, and consistently 
researchers subsequent to him have found that it's not it's not those things that no. are making any kind of mental health issue. It's not it, but there is a level of getting used so used to it and diffusing the the enormity of something or people misconstruing that they have the experience because they're seeing it on TV or they're seeing it on a screen that they now they've had the experience like the war games now. It's yeah. like, oh if I'm if I play Call of Duty, Call of Duty, call whatever it is, you yeah, know, Call Halo of Duty. and all you yeah. know what I'm talking about. Um <clears throat> uh, it, then I have the same same war experience as going out and doing something at war. You don't. No. And so it's a very different experience. So people so the social observational learning thing is that if you see it in a screen or you're seeing it, it's not actually influencing the person to do those things. Um, so it's a very interesting phenomenon because a lot, that's a lot, that's come back up a lot in the past for shootings that we've had. And that's coming up because it's like, everyone's looking for a, a place to blame, you know, is it a mental right. health issue? Is it on social media? Is it on no parenting? Is it on broken homes? Is it on, and it's like, well, it's such an important topic to look at, but really understanding that, I mean, that phenomenon has been studied ad nauseum about the social observational learning theories. Certainly we learn from social observational stuff. We're yeah. learning from social cues, but there's also <clears throat> so many other pieces that go into it. We can learn from it, but if it depends. Do we have a moral code being put behind it? Do we have an ethics code being put behind it? Now, you don't have to have two parents in a house to have good ethics and morals. You don't have to have one. You can have, you can have someone, you can have a teacher be that person. We've talked about mm -hmm. having someone that's in your life. That's a resiliency maker. And most people do have that in their, their youth. And it's a matter of like what's getting strengthened and what's not. And, and I think that there's so many factors that go into people's mental health and making their mental health good, bad, or indifferent. Um, and then, what is a person predisposed to as well? You have the yeah. environment, you have the yep. genetics, you have demographic area of where they live in the country, where they live in their own town, what kind of, there's socioeconomic status. There's so many pieces that go to a mental health issue. And the reason why I'm bringing all this up is, so I'm not trying to circumvent like the, it's, I am, I'm circumventing the gun issue this week and all the other things that we could talk directly about, about policy, but really making about, it's a huge mental health issue around lots of different things that go on in the world around us because of everybody's a walking emotional reactive or responsive thing. But this <laughs> is triggered. It depends on what the things are going on around you. But this is triggered avoidance. And you probably see this a lot in your practice where you can, if you want to blame the guns, right? If you want to put this all on guns, you can pass a law and everybody does this with their hands, walks away, has a beer, and everyone feels good about themselves. The issue isn't the guns. The issues is the things you talked about, which is a much more diffused and much more difficult thing to deal with. It's not easy. You can't pass a law and be, you know, and go home and be, feel good about yourself. This is a long trek. This is a deep trek. This is uh, deeply rooted. It's not an easy answer, but we have to look at it because otherwise we're misidentifying the problem. So, so sticking, sticking with the non-politic side of this yeah. and just, and right. So doing just, I think that the reason why this came up last week is people were asking me. That's why you so, take a weight loss pill instead of doing a weight loss program. Right. Well, people were asking Same me, like, thing. how do you, how do you look at it from a mental health perspective and make any kind of um, adjustments around mental, like this kid, right? Mm. We can talk about the kid. Um, 
how do you make any mental health judgment around a kid or a, or an adult that has a mental health issue issue to know whether or not they're going to be a shooter or that, whether or not they're going to do something bad? I mean, there's certainly there's predictors, there's red flags, there's all kinds of things, but many people can have those things and not ever do anything. It's just a matter of like, we, you can predict that this would be more likely to happen with this yep. person. Certainly in the information I've seen about this kid, I would have flagged it. And I think he was flagged for yep. lots of things. And then but what, again, then what happened again, there's a HIPAA yep. issue. So like when it comes to mental health issues, because yep. you know, you, you, okay. So if we're talking and, and I, I don't want to get in the gun control thing, Fine. but if it's gun control be, or versus mental health, it's, you can't identify someone's mental health issue without breaking, violating HIPAA to then send it off to a gun store to say, this person's got a mental health issue that they may or may not. It, it, so there's a lot of these things that I've had come up in my sessions because people are so upset about, you know, these children lives being lost last week and what are we going to do about it? And what can you do about it? And all these things. And people have asked about how do you address mental health issues in someone and then not break their confidentiality and discriminate from them being allowed to act on their constitutional right to buy a guy. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it, it's so, right. it's so looping. It's, 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 it, there's not an easy answer. And to your point about like, if you come from just the gun side, right, it's not an easy answer. It's like, you could make 10 laws and someone's still going to, it's like, if you exactly. have an alarm on the house, someone can still break in. They're still going to break in kind of thing. Um, you have you have all kinds of issues involved with that. First of all, there are a thousand kids that would walk up right to that point and still never do it. So you, who, how do you determine that line? It's you can't. Right. For one thing. For another thing, if you start putting this into this situation of who can have a gun, and who can't, people are going to look at and they already have, by the way, uh, depressed veterans, for example. Right. I'd trust a depressed veteran with a gun. In most situations, right. obviously, it's a blanket statement. It's individual to each case and things like that. But you can't look at You can't tell me you can look at a veteran who's got some PTSD and so you can't have a gun. It's like that's nuts. Right. But you're putting again, you're putting someone in a position in a room of determining who gets one and who doesn't. That's a really difficult proposition. And by the way, you say we're talking Second Amendment and guns all the time. My position is once the Second Amendment goes, they're all off. Everything's off. Right. At that point. Well, I don't think that it's going to go. I don't think it's going to go. But, you know, no, it's, it's not. It's but no. it's it's just a matter of of trying to understand the the mental health side of things. There's there's so much that goes into what can and can't you have to I mean, you have to go back to the beginning of somebody. You have to like you'd have to be tracking every single human being on the earth at all times to know exactly what happened to them, to make sure that you have a predictor set, like all these things of knowing whether or not a person's going to do it, uh, something bad. Right. You know, and there's movies made about, sure. about that, but it's it's an impossibility to ever really do that. So you have to go with that. There's more good in the world than there's evil there's more there's more likelihood that people are not going to act on something like that even with a mental health issue i certainly for doing this for all the years i've been doing what i do there could certainly be people that would hurt other people oh sure but uh, they don't have but they're not going to do that let's go back there's to this. A more there's a there's a super ego code there there's a there's a note there's a cause effect relationship not i won't do it because i don't want the consequence but i won't do something bad because that's not right right there's so knowing the difference between right and wrong versus that and i think that well not i think i know that goes back to development and childhood of knowing 
being taught like the difference between right and wrong, having consequences for good and bad, and then knowing the difference between right yep. and wrong and having moral development and understanding that. And, and that's on a person can get fully exposed to great moral development and still have a disastrous life of, because of some choices that yep. they made based on maybe mental health issues, maybe something happened to them traumatically, maybe. So it's very hard to pinpoint. And the reason why I'm saying this, I've had just tons of questions this last week of how do we pinpoint down a mental health issue to make something change for like the gun issue? And I'm like, oh, that's, yeah. it's just too, it's too big. It's too big to, to whittle that down. Which is why it's a mental health issue, which is why people want to look somewhere else. They want to create a problem that they can solve. Right. This, this is a problem that's difficult to solve. Let's go back to his study for a second, because the, the violence of Tom and Jerry, whether it's causing violence right. or Wiley Coyote. I love Wiley Coyote. Super genius, by the way. Well, they so so the cartoons, all these things have been going. They all that have been going on forever and ever and ever. Like the cartoons weren't new, and it's just it was like what was going on during that timing. Yeah, maybe in those kids' homes, or maybe something else had to be going on because, and I think our your friend had just posted up something about like that had been going on. Those cartoons and those show like shows like that with appropriate to the the era of time had been coming. Bruce reference like, the Three Stooges. At, yeah. Um, westerns and yeah. old war movies i mean people weren't running out and doing things because they're watching war yeah. movies or watching you know you know playing cowboys and indians they weren't doing anything and they were watching those things so bandura's studies and subsequent researchers and psychologists that came after him you know have have said you know yes we learn by what we see but that doesn't mean we act on it right that there is a sense of and and i'm i'm as you would say, I'm bastardizing like the, the, the studies just to shorten up to make no, a point. No, I, I don't think so, because but, I, I think we have to determine with everything nature, which is cartoons and video games and things like that, we have to de we have to determine whether it's correlation, whether it's causation, whether it's symptomatic. For example, Call of Duty, my son and I play Call of Duty all the time. My son's the gentlest kid you'd ever meet. Right. It's just about what's, it's more about nature. You come kind of preloaded or where you are in your particular point right. where you encounter Call of Duty. Like, for example, I've let him play for hours because I know it's not doing anything. Right. Like, you know, but there are kids that you probably shouldn't let play Call of Duty. Right. For a period of time. But well, Call of Duty is symptomatic. The reaction to Call of Duty is symptomatic, not causal. And and, and so, yes, I, and I would agree. And, and now if you guys go back to the beginning when I first started my show, and I think we're like in 160 episodes now or something like that. Right. And. And poor Cameron, who's probably listening now, but <laughs> I'm going to throw Cameron under the bus. Cameron, and I don't know if he remembers, Cameron used to play um, Fortnite. And so yeah. and if you didn't just see me do a roll of my yeah. eyes. Ugh. So Fortnite, there was a period of time, and your kids are too old to probably have played Fortnite. But Fortnite. No, before Fortnite, but yeah. Fortnite, for a long time, was the bane of all of us as adults in the household of... <laughs> This, the household I'm talking about, because and it, Red Sox fans, it may, by the yeah, way. Well, that too, and <laughs> yeah. well, it, it, yeah. a couple of times Patriots too. Yeah. But it's because it wasn't that it, it didn't create Cameron to do anything outside of the house. Right. But while he was playing, I remember one distinctive night being at the dinner table, and Cameron was playing, and I remember all four adults sitting at the table at one point yelled upstairs to basically say, "Stop." playing because you could hear him getting more angry yeah. and more agitated yep. and more annoyed and i believe that was a night that the remote got flung across the room and he came downstairs in tears over video game how old 
uh, he was probably 11 yeah. at the time. Wow. And yeah. I think that's when Fortnite went bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs> I know, Kate, do you remember that? I mean, she's probably, she probably remembers it because it was, it was really intense. And the reason why I bring that up is because I can and he'll kill me, but also <laughs> because he's he's a good kid right so it wasn't it didn't change him into going out and doing the things no. that were happening or make him violent or make him but it changed him in those moments to not feel good and then and those and now that the games have become interactive with other people and you can play with other people around the country and all the and you can link in it was creating a yeah. social network that wasn't healthy right. and that's one of the things that you know i address with lots of parents with video games around this because it's not that they're going out and doing bad things. It's because it's destabilizing and dysregulating the emotion of a person. And if the person's young and they don't know that that's what's happening and they don't have good self-awareness, you have to like intervene. Now, if you have an older person doing it, hopefully they have good self-regulation skills mm -hmm. that they're not, you know, I know many gamers that are much older that that's how they relax at night. They come home from work and then they play two hours of you name it. Right. Yep. Um, and and I think that I think that it's so important to not put the finger on or point the finger at oh it's a video game it's a TV show it's because that's not yeah. it's the mental health issue for a person it, it, like a perfect storm of something that's going to create that you know if you look at that kid in Uvalde I do not know anything really other than what I've heard on the news so what I can say as a psychologist pulling stuff out saying like they point out, well, he was from a broken home. He was a strange mother. You, you can come from a broken home, right? air quoting, and not be a murderer. You can come from, you know, an That's estranged not causal mother and either. not be no. a killer. Yeah. You can have a, you can live with your grandmother and not kill her. Like it's so, but there it's this piecemealing together of like, look, 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 look. And now all of a sudden it's this pattern that now everyone has in their head that if you're if you're a single parent home, if you have, you know, a strange man, if you have a kid that's dysregulated and has emotional issues, like that they're going to be a shooter. That is not, it's, it's putting such a high pressure on kids and, and people that are, you know, just getting into the cusp of adulthood to be labeled into this place. And that puts more pressure on their mental health issues. It just. So this, what this brings us to, and I don't want to get back into the issue again, but I'll, I'll we'll use the word donuts. So what you're going to say is eventually if you start going down this road is that a kid who lives with his grandmother can't have a donut. Right. It, it, that's not the determining factor. Right. No. Right. It's not it's not part of it. And no. it's funny because when you were talking about that with Cam, I was thinking of my son who never walked away. We played a lot of Call of Duty together because I was out of the house right. and that's how we connected a lot of times when we we're out of the house. But we played together a lot and he played a lot of video games, never walked away upset when he was. 10 feet from the TV after playing the video game, he was just a kid. He was just who right. he was, right? That's a really interesting point. The fact that it, that's when it's a problem, when the kid is becoming emotional. Right. Dysregulated? Is that the word? Dysregulated. Dysregulated. Emotionally yeah. dysregulated, yeah. Yeah, that's a really important, that's a really important sign. Right. That it's upsetting, especially at age 11. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so, so you know, the, and we could talk about many different issues that go into that, but it's just such an, you know, I, I flagged that one because I saw this list that came out of the reasons why shootings happen. Yeah. And it, one of them was because of social media and because of watching video games. So I want, no. I wanted to address no. that, that saying it's like social media doesn't make someone go out and do something bad and neither does. I mean, 
you have to have a perfect storm of a lot of things happening. Right. And every single person that does something is going to have a different story and a different makeup, but with predictors, right? And this is what triggered for reason. This is predictors. what triggered me on this because the longer we go down uh, the road of things that don't matter, things that aren't causal, we're delaying our real solutions. And, and we're talking in this particular case, this was particularly emotional. There have been mass shootings. There have been school shootings. There's no doubt about that. You got kids of this age. Sorry, it works me up. Yeah. And again, we keep pursuing. We keep misidentifying the problem. We keep wasting time when we should be concentrating on well, some I other think, things. I think that the I think that the and I've seen this a lot this this past two weeks on uh, because of you all they that they it, it, people try to oversimplify that. If you don't give a gun to a kid, then it won't happen. Right. And and I'm all for people having their rights. We had this discussion a yeah. little bit, obviously, but rights rights fine. But it's like you can't identify out someone with a mental health issue and just say, well, because then there'd be nobody could own a gun basically in the exactly. United States. That's right. <laughs> because there's a lot of mental health issues going on, yeah. and I'm not, and when I say mental health issue, that's not a stigma to say it's a bad. There's uh, have you every, ever been to a therapist? Every American these days has some form of high-level anxiety diagnosable since COVID. Yep. I mean, we're talking a lot. We used to be one in four. It's much more than that. What the, if the, the first the question was, the, have you ever been in therapy? Say it one more time. What if the first question for this bureaucrat who gets to determine whether you get a gun or not is, have you ever been in therapy? Right. And which that so that goes back to it's breaking HIPAA. You can't ask that. Well, <laughs> Oh, okay. So what's your priority in terms of solution? Well, no, I'm just, I'm just, I'm not saying yeah. it is. I'm just giving you like the, I'm playing the devil's advocate. Yeah. Right. So, you know, but could it be on a, so let's do that. Could it be on a, a mental health checklist for people? Hey, if, if, if there was a countrywide mental health checklist put in place at every gun place to sell a gun that says, wow. have you, but people are going to say no. People know what it's asking for. Do you, would, People are, it's face value. It's like what we're talking about yeah. with Shannon Curry, the doctor for yeah. Johnny Depp last weekend. Yeah. It's, you're going to get a questionnaire that's, have you ever, have you ever thought of killing someone? No. Have you ever <laughs> thought of killing yourself? Yeah. No. Have you ever thought of shooting a school? No. Yeah. Meanwhile, yes, yes, yes and yes. yes. <laughs> Just I now, mean, in the fact. Same thing as going to your primary <laughs> yeah. care and not wanting to show that you're depressed yeah. by saying, I've never had any of these thoughts and, or I've had all of them and please give me medication. So, it's not it doesn't work yeah. so it, plus by the way the whole ban idea doesn't work we ban drugs in school we ban there are there are no guns in school that kid could not bring a gun to school that's that's against the rules <laughs> what are the rules going to do if a guy is going to shoot up a school a gun law another ban uh adam lamb adam what was the kid in sandy hook oh um, i forget his last I know name what you're talking about yeah broke 42 laws right 43rd law is going to stop him right it, it doesn't make any sense. Well, we're wasting time this, on this. I think to the point of the Uvalde kid this week was that, and I said this when I came in today to you, is that you, you're 18 years old in Texas. You can't buy beer, but you can go in without any issue and buy a gun. Beer is not a constitutional and right. Been, but and yeah. he'd asked, what? <laughs> beer is not a constitutional right, but yeah. Okay. okay. And see, this is, okay, all the listeners, just to go, <laughs> Lou's, Lou's trying to go there. This is what we were talking about before the show is beer is not a constitutional right. That's not the point. It's kind of is. No, Lou, stop yeah. derailing. Yep. Stop it. Different show. Yeah, I know. Different, Different show. show. Yeah, Trying to stay uh, on point. Agreed. Um, but it's, you know, there, 
he asked his sister, this is one of the points, like that he had, he, it was reported in the news, whether it's true or not, he'd asked his sister a year prior to buy him a gun. She said, absolutely not based on what I heard because he has mental health issues. Um, so if you have a mental health, this is what I was going to say a while ago. If you have a mental health issue and you go, you're, it's not like you, you're going to find something to do to somebody one way or another. So it's like you have, but it's still, it's, it's what I want to say. It's like, which comes first, the chicken or the egg? You know, if they have, if a person's really mad and angry and wants to get a gun and shoot things up, they're going to do that. And they're going to find it somehow. And it's just, I don't know what the right answer is, but I know that it's not just looking at someone and blaming a mental health issue or saying that everyone with a mental health issue has to be screened and put, because that doesn't, it's very, it's discriminating against the mental health in America for people then seeking help. It's, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it yeah. gets very sticky. It gets very muddied. Yeah. Anyway, I'm going to go ahead. I, I, cause I wanted to move on to yeah. a different topic, but no, that's going to create, whenever you create a law to this effect, you change behavior of people. Right. People are going to not seek out mental health. A veteran is not going to seek out mental health if it's going to cost them his ability potentially to own a gun. And and listen, I know we're in New England, we're in Boston, we're in we're in this area. Owning a gun here is completely different than it is in Texas, than right. it is in Montana, than it is in Nevada, than it right. is. You got a veteran in Texas. What you're going to take my guns away? Right. You know because I reported I'm suffering. I'm having struggle. I'm struggling with my veteran experience, my military right. experience, he's not going to seek out help because it's going to jeopardize his ability to own guns. Right. And I know that's for people in Boston, that's hard to comprehend, but guns well, are different in Texas than they are in Boston. Well, I think that, I think most people that are doing like their intellectual, like thought processes on this, which I think a lot of people, I think a lot of people are, I don't know. I mean, certainly in this area, but I mean, because we have, we're so close to New Hampshire and we, in New Hampshire, yeah, another place a where a gun is different similarities yeah. in yeah. terms of their mindset mm -hmm. to Texas and that way around guns. Yep. I think that we have a lot of crossover into Massachusetts and, and, and sort of Vermont too. I mean, I'm from Vermont and I'd say that it's there. not quite as much, but certainly the gun ownership and just the understanding of that is very similar. So, yep. but I think people are doing the intellectual exercises more than they were before because, you know, People are saying, oh, there's more and more shootings happening. Yes. But also we're knowing them more because we have more access to all of this stuff. And and um, and I think that. And people, uh, I think the fundamental question here is there have been hundreds of millions of guns in this country for 150 years. Hundreds of millions of guns. School shootings are a 30, 40 year spike in experience. Right. So what's changed? It hasn't been the guns. Right. Something else has changed. Let's identify that and address that. Right. And I think that they I think that the, that people jump to do the restrict access so that people then can't have it happen as much. Yeah, so, and with, I don't know what the right answer. I don't know what the right answer is. It worked is. with drugs. It worked with alcohol. Right. Right. <laughs> right. Just say, hey, 18 year olds can't have alcohol. That stopped them. Right. Right. Yep. I, I, I totally understand. Yep. Anyway. OK. OK. Fair enough. Lou. <laughs> Ooh, we could go on this forever. I know. I know, right? And we will because that's where well, we, we are yes, in society. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll do the other side of it when we're not on the air. And that's the one where I give you the hug and go, Whoa! <laughs> we talk about the difference in long gun versus short gun and not having access. And we won't do it now. I oh, just no, get that's you going. A, Don't that's look a, at, oh, that's a deeper discussion. Lou and I have a little difference of opinion about long guns and automatic yep. rifles and who should have them and who shouldn't, but we won't do that here. Yeah, I understand. That's not my show. Yep. Okay. So moving along, because mm -hmm. now we're in June. 
<laughs> is it going to bore you now? No, like, not I at all. Talk about guns. Not um, at all. See, I don't like. The, I don't. I put my foot back in the ring, and I'm not. I'd rather just go on with the rest of my life now. Well, well, let's do that until so, somebody June 1st, threatens. And we're out of mental again. health awareness month, yeah. but apparently we still need to be <laughs> aware of our mental health. Yes. Um. So one of the um topics like of diagnoses that that comes up here and there, but kind of gets passed aside is is the spectrum disorders you know like autism mm -hmm. and asperger's and anything along that continuum and people kind of in that in that area um and how many more people <clears throat> like in the past probably 25 30 years are really diagnosed or misdiagnosed and don't get diagnosed with with autism or asperger's or autistic spectrum disorder asd um and how many people you know in your life that you probably don't even realize have a little touch of it or have because it's so prevalent now mm -hmm. or much more prevalent for a variety of reasons and we can talk about causes and we don't know the actual cause specifically we have ideas of multiple different things that might be possible and i more have talked prevalent, about this before more prevalent or more diagnosed both. It's probably yeah. about, it's probably that phenomenon. I would say like the ADD back in the seven, late seventies, early eighties mm -hmm. that was there that, you know, yeah, it was there, but no one was, it was, you know, your kids are hyper, your kids are hyper, your kids are hyper, yeah. but it was always there, but then it's diagnosed. I think it, I would say with autism spectrum disorders, I think that they're more prevalent in, I don't think that they existed to the extent that they do now back in prior to 1975. Mm -hmm. yep. I just, I just think that there's, so I theoretically, that raises an interesting question. Yes. Well, yeah. I theoretically yeah. think that there's a very specific environmental, um, food-based and oh. environmental yeah. push genetically that's changed over time. Not to say that it didn't, there, there was autism, I'm sure since forever. Right. Because we just know that there's those things. But I think that it's just much more prevalent now because of something that has pushed the gene pool, that's pushed something from a variety of different things. Um, Amplify, amplified by amplified. So food I, th production? I think that I think that yeah. when you genetically modify foods, mm -hmm. when you're adding additives and preservatives and um, chemicals in general, or changing chemical compounds of foods to make them higher bread or things like that, or in your meats and your dairy products and so on. Water, water consumption and, and what's been put in or taken out of mm -hmm. water's, you know, sources. Um, I think that all of those things, plus I think sometimes where you live, what you're exposed to, though for the longest time it was considered that it was like a malnutrition in the womb. And it was considered exposure to metal, just like they had for they thought Alzheimer's was that. Mm. Um, remember back then they said don't yeah. use like aluminum, aluminum pans, pans that had the coating yeah. on them and Teflon. But Teflon did have a big issue because that that's a whole other case that um, came out. But um, I think that there's a variety of factors because people often say, you know, why does my child have this? And I don't have an answer mm -hmm. specifically. I just know that it's it's a variety of things. And so, and I think now it's becoming more and more, at least anecdotally, what I see is more and more genetically passed, but not because it's, it was in the genes initially. I think that it's just because the people who are now having children were 
little when they were exposed to the stuff that they ended up having and then it changed their gene and therefore now yep. they're having more kids with it obviously the older you get and you have children the more likely um for any kind of you know those kinds of disorders but that doesn't limit it to that people always think oh older people have children they're going to have autistic spectrum kids no it's autism it autism to the extent where there's such neurological damage that you're you have no you know either the child's mute or they're or their base functioning or below functioning and need full-time care. Um, I don't work with any kids that have that or adults that have that, but I, uh, there's plenty of people that do. I work with high functioning Asperger's and high or sort of in the, in the middle of the road of autism up through because it presents in different ways with features. Um, it's a very interesting disorder in the yeah. fact that um, people don't, people don't pick it out really right away in, in little kids, a lot of times when it's a high functioning Asperger's because kids function so well. So oftentimes I'll end up with adults that come in and they have a presentation of anxiety and agitation, all these things, and they've been told and medicated and given all these other things. But in fact, it ends up being that when we go through like the symptom checklist and we do a history and all, it's that they've been misdiagnosed by never being diagnosed with Asperger's. Mm -hmm. And so what is Asperger's? Well, Asperger's is, someone who typically, I mean, main features are people that do not have good social connection skills. So they could be, um, they won't make eye contact with you, but they can, very smart, very intellectually gifted, will usually be off the charts on like doing a, a intellectual IQ test. Mm -hmm. um, and like well above average, at least, you know, to superior to like brilliant. Um, like Elon Musk, mm -hmm. right? If you look at Elon Musk, and he, if you think of his face, he has very limited affect on his face. So if you look at it, it's very flat. Um, and I'm not saying flat as in squish is one dimensional. It's just he doesn't show a lot yeah. of affect. Not as, not expressive. He's non-expressive. So, yeah. and occasionally he is expressive, but you can tell that he hasn't, I don't think, I mean, I don't know him, but just watching him, I don't think he has full-blown Asperger's to the extent that that's missing, but I think it's enough because he does smile at the appropriate times. And usually when you have a really intense level of high functioning Asperger's, you have to teach and socially train in <laughs> yeah. the reactions. They don't know, they don't know to smile, when to smile, when to laugh. They know that it's funny, but they'll they'll say, oh, that was funny. They yeah. still have the no emotion to it because yeah. they get it, but they can't actually feel it and express it. Um, so that's one big feature that, to look for is not the eye contact. And then oftentimes Asperger's will look like um, in kids and young adolescents, it will look like bipolar disorder. It will look like ADD. Now that's not to say that the kid doesn't have ADD. It's usually unusual to have like a pediatric bipolar, but it's because there's so much dysregulation in the body and in the mind from trying to understand the world around them that they become incredibly overstimulated, which is why you see kids have, you know, earphones when they're little, or they don't like certain textures and, mm -hmm like these lights would bother sometimes an Asperger's person. Yep. Um, so there's a lot of context for overstimulation, um, needing to be constantly busy, needing to be isolated. They like to do things on their own or they like to do things in groups or with other people. They do want relation, but then they don't want relationships. Um, they're very at the extremes They They don't have good reciprocity. And they have to work on reciprocity, which means, you know, if, if I'm talking about myself, I'm not going to ask you about you yeah. because I stay very centric to self. Um, and so 
if you can catch it early enough in a child's life, you can help them socially skill train up so that they can be even more functioning at their high level of functioning. So they can, you know, they can know their audience, they can read their room and they can understand social nuances and cues and they don't misread. Um, I have uh, several cases over the years that I've worked with. I have an adult now that he's very paranoid. Always it, it, there's a paranoia piece that can come in that, um, and that's the piece that can be medicated at times. Um, but then you don't have to medicate it. Some people can self-regulate on their own by learning behavioral techniques to do that because they hear voices. Um, and then it gets confused sometimes with schizophrenia, which it's not. So it's a really interesting diagnosis for people that's really right out in the world around you a lot, but it's just missed a lot because you know, like it's the person you say, Oh, they're a little, you know, they're a little quirky or they're yeah. just, you know, they, they have just a little different way of thinking of things or, um, or they, they don't have a filter. They just come out with any old thing that, you know, cause, or they're very socially just like, that's not fair that, you know, you little kids go through that period. Like that's not fair yeah. when you have a kid that turns into, you know, a 16, 17, 18 year old kid that's still doing, well, that's not fair. And they're really ruminating and obsessing about like the fairness of something and how someone didn't, someone got wronged or they got wronged and, and they hang. And it's dysregulating them. It's what? It's dysregulating them. It's dysregulating them because they, they are very much about the moral code and social justice. So these are, these are very high prime features of having Asperger's or that, that side of ASD. And, um, and the reason why I brought it up is because I just, I think that it doesn't get talked about enough. I think there's a lot of people out there that struggle with it. There's books written about it for people who end up in marriages that I, I'm thinking I have like four clients that are married to someone with Asperger's um, and they're all like 30, 40, 50 range and they didn't realize it, but now yeah, I was going to ask, later, did, they, did they know when they, they married not, the person? Yeah, They did not know. And, and two of the men that I'm, that I'm thinking of that are in the marriages only recently in their late thirties, early forties were diagnosed and they, um, and it was only because the wives had identified that all of a sudden in the past decade, their ability to connect had left like in the, and it was, getting worse. And it wasn't like your typical report of couples having an interrelational problem. It was more about, they just felt very disconnected. They were satisfied isolating on their own. And it was like the checklist, like likes to be on their own. We'll still do things with the family, but is very unaffected, Um, very present, loving in terms of like providing and going to work and all these things. But in fact, you know, not interested in having sex, not interested in doing anything that would be emotional and connecting, all those things. But initially they were, or they thought they were. And one wise report is always that she's like, I, I should have seen it, but those first two years felt like it was fine. I would never have picked it up. And now yeah. 16 years later, that's, it's totally, they're punching the, yeah, stop hitting my stop hitting yeah. equipment. <laughs> it, um, 16 years later, now all of a sudden it's like, oh my God, yeah, there's something, you know, and it was, she thought it was her. She thought it's me. Something's wrong with me. And in fact, nothing's wrong with him. It's just that. But it, the behavior he was he disguised. He and, he, and then it made so much sense. Now he's doing much better because now he's like, yeah. oh, my God. Well, the behavior was disguised by early relationship dynamics. Right. You, right. you present a better face early in relationships, even early in a marriage. Right. Yeah. And he knew enough to do that because yeah. he was high functioning. Yeah. Right. And so then. He got comfortable, got into the swing of things, and then he, he fell into the actual continuum of what really fits Asperger's. Um, and now, you know, a lot of people find it 
very relieving to all of a sudden know like, oh my God, that's where my anxiety was coming from. That's where my, my hyper focus or my ruminating because people get really stuck on something like, yeah. do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? Do you like me? You know, kind of Rain Manny. Yeah. If you remember Rain Man yeah. has those little pieces to it that it's not full because uh, he was autistic, but it has those pieces in it many times. Um, it's funny. People are afraid of awareness, afraid of finding out, you know, being coded, for example. But right. by the same token, that awareness can help you deal with it so much better. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think that's one of the reasons why I, I bring it up is because not a lot of people know a lot or enough about it. And I think it scares people because it's such an has such an unknown to it. Right. When, you know, you think of you think of autism and you always go to, you know, the you know, the Saturday morning movie or the Monday afternoon thing, you know, growing up that, you know, the kid that's flapping and, and is, is ticking and yep. to ready and, or they're banging their head against the wall. I mean, that's such a cliche. And so not, you know, certainly there are, are people who have that, you know, the Hollywood version. So they, they yeah. just are, they're yeah. not neurologically put together enough to be able to do that, to get through that. But then you have what the norm would be is, much more about people who have just been socially off and just never got flagged for it. And it was always like, oh, it's ADD or the kid has obsessive compulsive disorder. Now they're an adult with that. And in fact, no. Now people say, oh, is there medication for that? I, th I think that, so there is medication for the psychotic process that can happen with people. Hmm. You can still do this with social behavioral training and, and, um, the emotional dysregulation that happens for kids sometimes. I mean, certainly I have kids that are on medication because the painfulness of their emotional dysregulation becomes violent to themselves, mm. even though they're high functioning, super smart. But when they don't, when they get overstimulated, they don't get what they need in their own mind, they become violent to themselves or they become really loud and over the top and dysregulated. So there's medication for that. Um, people always say, is it lifelong? Is my kid gonna have to do that forever? And all those things. I can never say yeah. yes. I can say, well, we would hope no, but you have to have the skills taught throughout time to bring up into adulthood. I think a lot of kids that had it that are now adults with it learned the social skills from a variety of ways. Um, and then you see a lot of people who obviously, like many things, use drinking or marijuana or whatever to settle the inside um, to make it feel better. Um, so I'm much of the mind to do holistic things. But when you have a psychotic process going on or things like that, it's a different story. So um, plus the holistic aspect, isn't it helpful to rein in the things that you would probably medicate to help get to the holistic methods? In other words, get things under control. Yes. So that you can help well, that, as yeah. a temporary thing, just to, so that you can get to the point where you can deal with it more holistically and deal with behaviors and awareness. Yeah. And that's the whole thing with psych meds. It's really about theoretically it's always been that if you go on medication it's to help you temporarily stabilize so you can gain the skills the knowledge and through therapy and, yep. and other things to then be able to come off the medication and then flourish that's in theory but people have to do the work but people like to not have to do the work so right, exactly. stay on the medication. Yeah. we've had that discussion yep. before um so that's why i lean towards like we try everything before medications always last resort in those cases, unless it's really extreme where someone's going to hurt themselves or someone else because their psychotic process, you know, their delusions or they're hearing things. Mm -hmm. You know, I've, I have clients that, you know, God talks to them and tells them to do that things to themselves, um, to others. That's, there's a, there's a point where you have to have 
something because it yeah. becomes dangerous. Right. Um, but by and large, you can holistically, there's social skills training. There's so much now out there for people with ASD, including adults. There's support groups. There's marriage support groups. There's books written on it, you know, um, how to live with someone with Asperger's, um, understanding Asperger's. You know, I'm married to an Asperger. <laughs> like there, there's all <laughs> yeah. kinds of different things out there that were never there before because now we know. It, we don't know a ton, but we know way more than we used to about it and understand it more. And um, and diagnostically, if you go to someone, if you're looking for someone to die, find a specialist that, you know, a clinical psychologist like myself that um, has had experience with reading the room, so to speak, and knowing kids. And I've worked with kids so many years and being able to pick that up if you think your kid has that. And, and, and even it's very difficult. So for parents, it's very difficult to diagnose a young kid with ASD, unless it's true autism, because ASD presents in such a different way. You have to sort of watch it because it manifests mm -hmm. in different and changes over time. So I've had kids where they're seven or eight years old and I can say they are, yep. I can tell it's really clear. But then I've had several kids over the 27 years that I've watched them from five, six years old and I didn't really get it until they were around 13, 14, 15, because they, sort of chameleoned over time. It looked yep. like ADD. It looked like bipolar pediatric. It looked So we just kind of kept going with the presentation and just giving good techniques and giving good social skills training along the way till I figured out diagnostically. And it was just always anxiety around it. So there's always going to be anxiety around it. And so you can generally just treat the anxiety. Um, anyway, so I just want to go there. I'm going to wrap up the show here in a couple minutes. For everyone that's listening, Right after this show today, mm. I am joining our good friend, Ron Kolick, for his Affection Connection show on relationships that should be very entertaining. He also does Ghost Hunter yep. um, show that I've been on, and he invited me to come do his Affection Connection show. A, a bunch I, of amateurs. Uh, what is it? A bunch of amateurs asking, uh, answering relationship questions. Yes, a bunch of... But well, we brought a professional. We, yes, a bunch of amateurs brought the professional in to answer relationship questions, and I'm sure this will be very entertaining. So um, if you want to catch that show. The Affection um, Connection on the, Facebook. The very light topic of gun control, yep. mental health, and Asperger's. Yep. You can go over and watch it on all the all those favorite Well, podcasts. the Affection Connect. Go to the Affection Connection oh, on Facebook. Oh, go to Facebook. Affection Connection. On Facebook. Yep. On Facebook. Yep. But it goes, but it, he goes out afterwards, right? On other. Yep. Right. Yep. Are in the net and for anybody, so for yeah. anybody that doesn't watch Facebook, uh, but Affection Connection, I'm going to be there for the next hour, and hopefully, <laughs> well, if you've seen Ron's show with me before, it's always entertaining because <laughs> we have a good time. So, um, you guys, thank you for listening. And I know that was like a hard topic today, and I danced around a lot just so that Luke and I didn't get into lots of conversations. <laughs> I'm going to give him a hug right after this and be like, "I'm perfectly now. fine. I'm perfectly fine." Um, I just, I just love to bust on you. You know that. I know. I understand. I know. Um, but you guys, you know, stay safe out there and have intellectual conversations. Agree to disagree. Don't lose relationships over this stuff. That's right. Um, love, kindness, compassion. You know, don't be mean to each other. Um, do what Lou and I do. We just, we'll hug it out, Lou. That's right. We'll hug it out. <laughs> All right, you guys have a great week and I will see you next week.